going to be the ones on the right. All right, if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Matthew chapter 16. We had the privilege of last Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, to preach on the subject of God. And uh, we talked about God, and I asked if you remember three words whenever that was mentioned, and that first word was nowhere, that second word was nothing, and the third one was no one. And so we talked about God, we preached on God, we hoped that we had a understanding and a clear, clear presentation of who God was. This morning, I want to preach on Jesus, and uh, no greater subject than all of subjects. Do you know that from Genesis to Revelation, it's about Jesus? Do you know the Bible that we have before us today is not written to you? A lot of people say this is a love letter of God to us. It's not true. The Word of God that we have before us is about Jesus. That's who it's about. It's completely 100% written and given so that we know Jesus. All through Genesis to Revelation is a thread of the blood-stained Redeemer. And we want to know that. We also want to worship Him this morning and that knowledge now, there was a question that was asked in Matthew chapter 16, if you turn there, is who do they say, who do men say that I am? So we're going to answer that question here this morning with the help of the Lord. And I appreciate your prayer. I appreciate you being here this morning. We notice there's a lot missing or many that are missing this morning, but I'm glad that you're here and I appreciate your faithfulness to the house of God. Once again, I want to encourage you uh, to come to Sunday school. I want to encourage you to come back tonight for church and come on Wednesday night. Uh, for, the, for the life of me, I've never understood the lack of the desire to hear of God's Word. I don't, I don't get it. I understand every once in a while that you're sick, every once in a while that you got to work, or every once in a while uh, something has came up and you're not able to. I understand that. But if you're missing more than you're coming, there's something, something wrong with that in a spiritual way. And I want to encourage you this year to be more faithful, uh, to be more steadfast, and uh, to, to come to church more often than less. I believe this morning if you ever was uh, to the place where you went to work as often as you went to church, you'd be fired. And this morning we want to be truthful, we want to be honest, but there's no greater. I mean, money can bring you some happiness and money can pay for your bills and money can do a lot of things. But friend, I'm going to tell you something. One of these days you're going to die and you ain't going to take any of that with you. You ought to be paying attention more to what God has for you and His Word as it's preached that can feed your soul, that can grow you up, that can give you all that you need, uh, that can help you through the days of good and bad. And then when you go to heaven, I mean, when you die, you can go to heaven. Money brings that nobody to that. Amen. And so I just want to encourage you. I want to, I want to bring this to you as an exhortation. Uh, let's find ourselves in 2024... Uh, going to church more often than less. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to turn to Matthew chapter 16. And let's begin reading in verse 13. As we stand in honor of God's Word this morning. And uh, a very, very important passage. We have probably have read this uh, I don't know how many times. You've probably heard uh, many, many messages concerning the Scripture tonight or this morning. But we want to bring some things that maybe would help us to love Jesus, to live for Jesus, to lean to Jesus, and to lead to Jesus. When the Bible says in verse 13, when Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and one are one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that we've heard already in Sunday school about our God being an omnipresent. And Father, I thank you for that here today. God, now as we have come to the place of the service where we are going to preach and and God, to be able to give unto the people, your people, Father, the word of God. I pray that, God, it would feed their soul. I pray, Lord, it would grow them, mature them. God, it will bring them to a closer walk with God. I pray, Father, the Spirit of God would bring conviction upon our hearts for our sin. God, for our transgressions and iniquities. God, that you'd bring as well to our hearts, dear God, a desire and a craving and a hungry for righteousness and for your word. Father, do a work within our souls and hearts and help us to live this day according to thy word. Father, I pray you'll save the lost this morning. I pray that you'll touch the saved. I pray that you'd help the infirmity. I pray, God, that you'd do as you please within our services this morning. May the Holy Ghost of God be free and at liberty, God, to do as you will in our lives. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So Jesus is now speaking to his disciples, but he's asking his disciples, what does men, or who does men say that I am? Now what's important about this question is, is Jesus is saying in verse 13, he says, who do men, that's the world, say that I, the son of man, am? And so he didn't say it like, who does... I'm going to ask you a question. Who does the world, or what does the world say that I am? Or who in the world says that I am? It's kind of like an open-end question, uh, but Jesus doesn't say it that way. He says, uh, what or who, in verse 13, whom do men say that the Son of Man? And so he doesn't say me, he doesn't say I. He says the Son of Man. And so he already starts with the foundation of not just anybody, but with the Son of Man. He says, I want to know what does men say of the Son of Man. So he's not saying that, that uh, he is, I want to know what anybody thinks about everything. He says, I just want to know what are men saying about the Son of Man. And so this is a very important question because we're already starting with the foundation that Jesus is the Son of Man. Amen? And so he's not questioning that. He's not asking what man, or if, if men believe that he's the Son of Man. He's not asking what does men say if he is the Son of Man. That's not the question. The question is, is what are men saying of me that is the Son of Man? And I will say to you, friend, number one this morning, I want you to notice the sinner's answer of the Son of Man. What does the sinner say the Son of Man is? Well, the Son of Man, here's the answer, is Jesus, right? I mean, it can be all said and done right there. In verse 13, it says, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? The answer to that is Jesus, if they would have said Jesus, then it would have been answered and we're done and we're over and we're moving on. But they didn't say Jesus, did they? Now, they gave some other men to say that's who the Son of Man is. And so it's Jesus this morning. Just want to make everybody know it is the correct answer. Uh, Jesus was a man. And when he talks about the Son of Man, he's speaking about him being a man. In other words, this morning, Jesus, who is the Son of Man, is born of woman. Amen? That's what made him a man, born of woman. We find that he's born of woman, but Jesus had a mother. His mother was named Mary. Amen? 
And we find that to be so clear and very historical. And we know it's biblical this morning. So he is the son of man. It's talking about his manliness. He's talking about of his humanity. And so he was born of a woman. He had a mother. He had a family. Uh, he had some brothers and, and uh, he had some family members. And so he had a home in Nazareth and he lived with Mary and he lived with Joseph and his daddy was a carpenter and, and no doubt he probably did carpenter work. And, and we find that he was as normal boy as the rest of us. And he grew up and he did the things that young men do. And he was a, just a normal human being as you and I were. He had a family, but also he had had some human tendencies or human attributes as well. Talking about Jesus, the Son of Man. I think about the scripture, it talks about Jesus being tired. And so Jesus was weary and, and Jesus did get tired. And Jesus was not one of those, uh, you know, one of those batteries, that ru- those rabid batteries, you know, just always moved, always. He's a man that never got tired or a man who never lost any kind of step. No, he was a man that got tired. He was a man that got weary. He's a man that uh, was thirsty. He wanted to drink water. You remember in John chapter 4, at the well, he was thirsty. And so that's human attributes of, of being thirsty, of being tired. Uh, he was one that was hungry, eating, and being one that ate amongst his disciples. He was one that slept. You remember during the storm, he was sleeping at the storm. And so he was a human He was, sometimes we lose that about Jesus, the Son of Man. He was human. He was so human that he was human as we are. We find that he ate. Uh, We find that he cried. On some several occasions, he's cried. He cried when Lazarus was dead. And we find that not only did he cry, but he suffered. Uh, He suffered there on the cross of Calvary. Uh, There was suffering in his body. There was pain that he was feeling. There was hurt that came upon him. Not only that, but he talked. He went around talking all over the place. He talked to, to sinners. He talked to saved. He talked to everyone and anyone. He talked to God. So he talked. He walked. And so we find that as he walked around, as he walked about, he was just as human as all the rest that was around him. He had compassion. We find that he had compassion for the Hebrew people. He had compassion for people. Uh, we find that no, he did. But he loved. The Bible said that he loved Lazarus. And we see this morning uh, that he's just human with compassion and love. He was displeased. He was displeased about the Pharisees and Sadducees. He was displeased about some of his own. The Bible teaches clearly that he was not only displeased, but he touched. He went about and touched one another. He touched each other. And so he had feelings. He had emotion. And we find that Jesus hated. He hated iniquity and loved righteousness. We find that he was one that rejected. He rejected the Pharisees and Sadducees, calls them hypocrites. We find that he he rejected Herod and the way in which that he would present himself as a God. We know that he, he also received. He received many. He received children. He received others. And we find in this mindset this morning, the Son of Man is being one who's just human. He asked the question uh, to his disciples, what does the rest of the world say about me being the Son of Man? It's a good question and we appreciate the question. But I, I say to you, the Son of Man hasn't just been mentioned right here in Matthew. We find in Daniel, turn there with me this morning, and we understand that Matthew is writing to the Jew. Matthew is a Jew. And the book of Matthew is written to Jews. The Jews will have and would have understood the things of Daniel. Uh, (coughs) They would have understood and be clear that what Daniel has to say concerning the things of prophecies that they were taught, they were teaching, uh, their kids would do it, 
Uh, they knew it from the beginning. The rabbis were given the truth. And if you go to Daniel chapter 7 with me and look in verse 13, we'll begin reading what Daniel has to say concerning about the Son of Man. And so when Jesus was using the term Son of Man in Matthew, uh, Matthew would know and all that heard would know as well of Daniel chapter 7. And there in verse 13, the Bible says, I saw in the night visions, behold, one like the Son of Man. There's that term, Son of Man. He says, uh, came with the clouds of the heaven, came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given, unto him, given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting, dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that shall not be destroyed. Now, what does that mean to you and I? Well, in Matthew chapter 16, when he spoke to them concerning who does men say that the Son of Man am? And they said unto him, not Jesus. But Jesus was saying to them, I am the Son of Man. And being the Son of Man, I want you to notice that the Son of Man, as Daniel is prophesying, there's coming a day, there's coming a day in the future that there is going to come a Son of Man, and the Son of Man will come upon this earth, and the Son of Man will be given a kingdom, and the Son of Man's kingdom will last for all of eternity, and I am the Son of Man. And so as we see, as we go through here just for a moment real quickly, I notice the Son of Man coming from heaven. And we find that in the Scripture. Jesus said that He's the Son of Man that came down from heaven. Amen? Just like the Bible says in Daniel chapter 7, and it says in Matthew as well, we find that the Son of Man will come from the ancients of day, or to the ancients of day. In verse 13, the Bible says, and came to the ancients of days. Now, who is the ancient of days? The ancient of days is God. God the Father. So the Bible saying that in the vision that Daniel had, he saw the Son of Man come to the Ancient of Days, and boy, that was God. And so we see that this Ancient of Days was God, and they said, the Bible says in verse 13, the Ancient of Days and they. Now who are they? They is more than one, don't you think? Now they is more than just two. And we find that they, the Ancient of Days, is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Just like it was us in Genesis, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Amen. We find that these three are three, these all three are one according to the scripture. The Bible says in 1 John 5 7, there are three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And so we find right here in Daniel chapter 7, they are the ones that came unto the Son of Man, and they brought him near unto him. And as the ancient of days, they gave him a kingdom. They gave him a kingdom. Verse 14, the Son of Man was given, uh, there was given unto him dominion. That means power. It was given unto him glory. Uh, that means honor and a kingdom. And so we find that the Son of Man from the Ancient of Days, and Daniel was looking upon this in a vision, we see God give him a power, we give him glory and honor, and he gave him a kingdom. Amen? And so we find in that kingdom of the Son of Man, we find that it's, he has authority forever. The Bible says in verse 14, uh, and all the people, nations, languages shall serve. That word serve means worship. And we find this morning as he will worship, his dominion is everlasting. His authority is forever. We find that his shall not pass away. His presence is forever. And then thirdly, we know that his kingdom shall not be destroyed. It's forever. And so when Jesus is coming to the disciples and asking them, uh, whom does men say that the Son of Man am? Uh, Bible, the Bible says, they said, well, you know, he's of John the Baptist, or he could be of Elias, or he could be of Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But the answer was Jesus in the 
reason why is because Daniel chapter 7, hundreds of years ago, has prophesied that there's going to come one that's going to have power and authority and glory and a kingdom. And it's going to be the Son of Man. Amen. And so I'm just saying this morning, who is Jesus? He's the Son of Man. Now Jesus is asking them, well, who is the Son of Man? I want you to notice this morning, according to the Scripture about the Son of Man, in Matthew chapter 13, turn there with me. Matthew chapter 13, verse 36 Matthew 13 and verse 36, the Bible says, And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, and the tares are the children of the wicked one. So you tell me in the field there's, there's saved and there's lost. Yes, that's true. You're talking about in the field there's children of the devil and there's children of God. Yes. The Bible, verse 39, the enemy that sold them is the devil. The enemy has sold the children of the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man, this is Jesus now, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather up his kingdom, all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. Now, that's exactly what Daniel chapter 7 says, right? That Jesus is going to have power, glory, and a kingdom, and it's going to be given unto him, and that kingdom will never, ever, ever be destroyed, and his presence will last for all of eternity. That's exactly what that's saying there about the Son of Man. We find the Son of Man is coming in his kingdom, chapter 13 and verse 27. The Bible says, So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, uh, didst thou not thy so good in the field whence thou hath tares? And he said unto them, Thy enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou not then go and gather them up? He said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root also up the wheat with them. Let them grow together unto the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and to gather the wheat in they're born. Another parable he set forth unto them the kingdom of heaven. And so we find that the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of his son. And we find that the kingdom of heaven is the son of man that is coming. Uh, the son of man is coming in his kingdom. Uh, look in Matthew chapter 24 with me here this morning. And it's at the time of the tribulation period uh, that this chapter is speaking of, speaking of the Jew, speaking to the Jew of the time of the tribulation. We find in verse 27 of chapter 24, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now who's the Son of Man? The Son of Man is the one that's been given power and glory and a kingdom that his kingdom will never be destroyed. He's coming, amen, according to the Bible. The Son of Man is spoken of very clear and very plain. And so look in verse 28. For whereas the carcass is, there shall the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. When all's that ever been told? Daniel chapter 7. He said the Son of Man's going to be coming out of the heavens. The Son of Man's going to be given glory and honor in the kingdom. And one of these days he's talking about in Matthew that this Son of Man is coming back. We find he tells him, don't turn there quickly, I'll tell you these. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, he said, The Son of Man is homeless. He said, The Son of Man hath no place to lay his head. The Son of Man. That one that's not full of power, full of glory, and has a kingdom, he ain't got nowhere to lay his head on this earth. 
We find that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 6 that the Son of Man is powerful. The Bible says the Son of Man hath power uh, to forgive sins. He has power to rise those from the dead, to rise those from sickness, amen. He's got power. The Bible says in chapter 12, verse 8, the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath day. He's telling them that, yes, the law says not to do any work on the Sabbath day. And, yes, I did do work on the Sabbath day. And the reason why I can do work on the Sabbath day is because I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law and fulfill the law. By the way, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. We find here, thirdly, the Bible says the Son of Man was buried in three days and three nights. He says in Matthew chapter twelve, verse forty, as in the bell of and the in the belly of the whale was Jonah. He said, "Shall he be there three days and three nights? So shall the Son of Man be." And friend, we find that the Son of Man, uh, chapter seventeen, verse twenty-two, he said, "The Son of Man shall be betrayed by men." So we find that he's telling them, listen, I'm the son of man. Who is everybody saying that I am? I'm letting you know that I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to let you know that in Matthew 18, 11, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The son of man did that. The son of man shall be betrayed in chapter 20 in verse of Matthew, verse 18, and be condemned to death. He's saying, I'm the son of man that Daniel was speaking of back in Daniel, that I will have a kingdom, I'll have power, I have authority, and I was given to me by God. But yet I tell you, I will be betrayed, I will be condemned to death, and I will go to the cross of Calvary, and I will be buried, but I rise the third day as Jonah was in the belly of the whale. The son of man. The son of man. It's going to rise again, Matthew 26, 24. The Son of Man, in Matthew chapter 26, turn there with me. I love this scripture. I want us to look at it if you don't mind. Matthew chapter 26, and look in verse 64. It says, Jesus said unto them, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So this son of man that was born, this son of man that lived, this son of man that performed miracles, this son of man uh, that, that went about doing the work of God, this son of man uh, that was betrayed of man, this son of man that went to the cross of Calvary, this son of man that died, this son of man that resurrected, this son of man that ascended unto heaven, that son of man that was sitting on the throne of God, this son of man will return. Amen, the Son of Man. Question is, who do men say that the Son of Man am? So we find, let's kind of answer the question, I guess. You say, you're rambling on this morning, brother. No, I'm not rambling on. I'm just trying to let you know who Jesus is. We find here that the sinners say that the Son of Man is a sinner. We look there and the answer there they gave in verse 14. Now this is what men say. This is what sinners say. This is what the world says. If you're in this auditorium this morning and you're not saved by the blood of the Lamb, you're not born again by the Spirit of God, your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, you don't have a reservation in heaven this morning. You never repented of your sin and never received Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, then this is who you are. Sinners. And what did the sinners say the Son of Man is? Well, they said he was a sinner. Because they said, they said, some say that they are John the Baptist. Well, John the Baptist was a sinner. They say, well, that he was maybe Elias. Well, Elias was a sinner. Well, how about Jeremiah? He was a sinner. How about one of the prophets? He was a sinner. You see, that's what the world says about Jesus, amen? 
that he was just a sinner. He was just a man. He was just a man like you and I. He was no special about this guy. Uh, he was one that came and won and gone. And I say to you, he was just like all of us. Uh, many, many people don't believe Jesus is sinless. They don't believe that Jesus didn't make any, didn't have an even evil thought. He didn't have no evil word. He didn't do anything at all that was contrary to God's will or word this morning. He was perfect in each way and every way. They don't believe that. They believe Jesus is a sinner just like all of us this morning and that's what the world said then and that's what the world says today. So we find what did they say? Well they said that Jesus the son of man is a sinner but then they said Jesus the son of man is also a servant. Now they say this too because they, they, they served God. John the Baptist served God. Elias served God. Jeremiah served God. One of the prophets served God. There was no prophet. They were prophets, amen? They were the servants of God. And they came. They came to this earth. They came as sinners, but they came serving God. And God was the one that they were serving, the one that they were writing for, the one that they were doing what they were doing for, listening to God, following God, and doing as God wanted them to do. And the world don't disagree with that with Jesus. They say he was a good prophet. They say that he came from God. They say that he did the work of God. They say that he was a servant of the Lord. That's what the world says. Not only was he a servant, that he served God, but that he was sent from God. John the Baptist was sent from God. Elias was sent from God. Jeremiah was sent from God. And all the prophets were sent from God. They say Jesus was sent from God. He was just a servant. Hey, thirdly, they, he, they sought God. John the Baptist was seeking God. I mean, Jeremiah was seeking God. Elias was seeking God. The prophets sought God. And friend, they say, well, Jesus, you know, he was a man, but he was like the rest of men, sinners, but also Jesus was a servant of God, though. He was a prophet. We find, thirdly, that the sinners say that the Son of Man is someone. Uh, they say that he could be John the Baptist, he could be Elias, he could be Jeremiah, he could be, uh, you know, one of the prophets who lived before. Because isn't it strange how they would say that every one of those men have already died? And they're saying that Jesus could be one of those men that already lived before? A little strange, ain't it? Reincarnation or something like that. I mean, and so they're saying that this, the, all three of these guys are one of the prophets, all four, I would say, uh, that they were, that's Jesus? These guys died already. Uh, they... Living today? So you're saying that, that this Jesus, who's the Son of Man, is somebody who's already died, they already lived their life, and now they come back to life? That's kind of strange. So we find, in other words, they're saying today is Jesus is a real person. Jesus is a real person, we believe that. Number two, that Jesus, Jesus is a good man. I mean, you can't find no better man than Jesus. Uh, Jesus was a man that you consider a man of mans. He was a manly man. If you know of any man today, then Jesus would be that one that the standard has been set. He'd be the one today that every man in this room would say, I would want to be like him. He was a good man. That's what sinners believe. He was a good man. And he was. They also believe that Jesus was a great teacher. Man, if you listen to some of the things that he said, he teaches well. I mean, he had smart. He was wise. He was intelligent. He knew historical facts. He knew, he knew the present day. He even knew some history going in some future. He was a great teacher, pulling all these parables out, saying all these things about this and that. Nobody even thought about it. Matter of fact, they said, man, this guy here, he teaches unlike the scribes and the Pharisees. We never heard anything such like this. That's what the world says about the Son of Man. He's a great teacher. He's a good man. He is a person that's real. They say, fourthly, that Jesus was a wonderful preacher. 
I mean, he's the preacher of preachers. Hey, there ain't no other preacher in the Word of God that can preach like Jesus can preach. Amen. He had the power of God on him. He had the Spirit of God with him. He was the one who's preaching, and he preached with power and authority. He said things that most people won't say. He said some things that we didn't know of. He said some things that we knew of, but put in a different perspective. I mean, he was a preacher who preached with power and authority. He was one today that preached like none other has ever preached. He is a wonderful preacher, but that they believe that. Right. He's a wonderful preacher. He was a great teacher. He was a good man. He's a real person. But he was an amazing miracle worker. I mean, nobody could do what Jesus could do. Walk on water, look into a fish's mouth, look into a fish's mouth and find a coin. I mean, to take somebody who's blind to see and deaf to hear and lame to walk. I mean, to raise the dead and to cast out the demons. I mean, he could just say over there, be healed, and they were over there, be healed. I mean, friend, there was none other than Jesus. What an what amazing miracle worker he was. He was a loving and caring soul. There ain't nobody that Jesus ever came in contact with that he didn't care for. He treated nobody in the way of mistreatment. He'd make no comment that would bring offense. He would never do anything that would cause you to be in a place, friend, of, of being offended. I mean, he cared, he loved he done all that he did. Now you say, well, some people got offended over him. Yeah, they got offended over the truth, but not over Jesus. The truth offended him, but Jesus didn't. Jesus was loving and caring. Jesus, friend, they said he died a very cruel death. He died on the cross. They believe that. They don't, they don't believe he resurrected or they don't believe he resurrected bodily but they do believe he died. And so he died on the cross, a cruel death. And, and many, many sinners today have feelings for Jesus. They feel sorry for Jesus. They have empathy and sympathy for Jesus. They go and watch that movie uh, that where Jesus, uh, what's the name of it? Jesus went to, huh? Passion. The Passion. They go watch it. And they come out bawling their eyes out. They're coming out with their heart ripped up. And they're coming out saying, poor, pitiful Jesus. Friend, listen, uh, that's not what the Christian feels. But the world feels that way. And see, the world says that he had a cruel death and they feel sorry for him and he wish it wouldn't have happened. I mean, why couldn't he just died in his sleep? I mean, why, why couldn't he just get some kind of disease or something and be a quick death? But why like that? So they say, I'm talking about sinners, what they're saying, what the world's saying about the Son of Man, according to what they did say. And lastly, they say Jesus is in heaven today. In the mind of a sinner, everybody goes to heaven. I, mean, I ain't been to a funeral yet, and I've been to hundreds. Ever, ever did anybody ever go to hell in a funeral? The preacher didn't say it. The family didn't say it. I mean, nobody mentions it. Everybody goes to heaven. And Jesus did too. And this is what the world is saying of the Son of Man. If you're lost this morning, that's what you're saying. That's what you have not only said, but what you have manifested. That Jesus just goes as far as this in you. Now, this is all human mind, and it is all the heart of, of people who knows not God, all they can retain. You say, I'm not, I'm not knocking the sinner. I'm not knocking the world. All I'm saying is, is they're doing their very best in taking what they can read and what they can hear and what they can know and what they can Google and what mama and daddy tells them, what grandma and grandpa tells them, and what friends tell them. They got all these sources about Jesus and they're gathering up in all their lives and all they can come to is just what I said. It could be John the Baptist, Elias, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. That's it. But that's all they can do. 
I mean, they can't go further than that. So they're kind of like at their end. They're kind of at their best. They're kind of at their smartest and intellectual. I mean, they got it to the very place where Jesus is good, a preacher, a teacher. He died. He, he, he went to heaven. I mean, all these things that I just said about Jesus, they're saying all that about him. And that's all they can come up with because that's all their heart can contain and all their mind can reach. This is very normal and very expected out of all those who are lost. So we're not saying this morning that what they said was wrong. We're saying what they said and what the world says is all the capacity that they can say. Okay? This makes sense. Number two, not only what the sinners says about the Son of Man... But what does the saved say about the Son of Man? Look here in verse 15. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Now who is he speaking to? He's speaking to the saved. And then Peter, the spokesman of the saved, answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, do you see the two? Do you see the difference? Do you see what man is saying of the Son of Man? And what the saved is saying about the Son of Man? It's the same Son of Man. But one is lost and one is saved. And we find what the saved is saying about the Son of Man is very interesting. Number one, I want you to notice about it, the Father's convincing of the Son of Man. In the heart and mind of Peter and all those that are like Peter, and verse 17 tells us where Peter got this from. The Bible says in verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. Now that's what verse 13 and 14 is about, flesh and blood. That's all they can do. But then he goes on to says, Hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. In other words, this morning, the Father's convincing of the ones that are saved is what made them saved. It's what made them born again. It's what made them be the one of a child of God. It's because of the Father's convincing. Amen. I want you to notice that word revealed. It means to uncover. And so what Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, you've got nothing to boast over. You've got nothing to brag on. Now you are blessed, sir, but you're not a braggart nor a boastful for the only reason why when I ask you what the Son of Man am, that you have said that he is the Christ, he is the Son of the living God, and the only way that you have that, the only way that you know that, is because the Father in heaven has uncovered it. Uncovered it. And in order for any of us to be saved this morning, it's because God the Father has uncovered it. Because in flesh and blood, the best we can get is that Jesus is human. And Jesus, the Son of Man, is one who is like man, but he has done some good and great things. He went beyond man. But to the saved, the Father don't reveal that. The Father reveals that Jesus, the Son of Man, is the Christ and the Son of the living God. All I'm saying this morning is you can't be saved when you want to be saved. And you can't be saved because you have some knowledge up in the noggin here that you got out of the Bible. You can't be born again that way. You can't be born again because, listen, of all the intellect and all the stories and all the truths that you've been told all your life, there's got to come a place when the Holy Ghost of God begins to blow upon you and blow on your heart and blow the Spirit of God upon you and show you that you're just flesh and blood and you can't know 
know Jesus as you ought to know Jesus unless the Father would open your eyes, unless the Father would uncover it. It would take off the scale of your heart. You'll begin to see Jesus in a new way, in a new sight. You'll begin to tell him, yes, he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, I'm saying to you this morning, dear friend, it says the Father revealed to you Jesus, the Son of Man. Has it been revealed to you? Are you still working on the old religion back in mama's house? You're still working on the baptistry, the baptism that you got, the prayer that you prayed down in here. You're still working on the good works that you think you got. And all that didn't even matter. But to the saved, the Son of Man, answer, there was the Father's convincing of the Son of Man. You see, the flesh is covered. This, can I say to you, Fred, the flesh is covered because the flesh is blind. Is that not what the Bible teaches? The flesh cannot see. As much as you want to speak and as much as you want to know and as much as you want to think, you can't see. I tell you, the Bible says not only does the flesh can't see, but the flesh can't hear. The Bible teaches all through the Scripture, you're deaf. You're deaf, you can't hear. So you're blind and you're deaf. I'm talking about towards the things of God, about knowing who Jesus is, uh, knowing about who the Son of Man is this morning. You're blind, you can't see it, and your ears, you're deaf, and you can't hear it. But then thirdly, this morning, you're ignorant, your, your heart is blackened and darkened, and you can't get to where you need to get unless the Father reveals it to you. And friend, only the Father will reveal it to you in His time, in His proper way, in the way of the Holy Ghost of God, and the preaching of the scripture and you're willing to ready to repent of your sin and receive Christ as the Christ and the son of the living God. Amen. Every one of us that are saved and born again came to a day of, of being enlightened. That's right. Amen. My eyes have opened, my ears have opened and my heart is no longer ignorant. Jesus not only become human but Jesus become God. Amen. We find so interestingly, neither the Father is convincing of the Son of Man and the flesh is covered, but the Father is uncovering. The, through the preaching, that's why I always tell you, are you reading your Bible? If you're not reading your Bible, you're not serious. Don't tell me you're serious because you're not serious. I'm re- are you reading your Bible? You see, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's why coming back not tonight, it's not because you're busy. It's not because you've got to go to school tomorrow. Not because you've got to work tomorrow. Not because you've got to do laundry tonight. Not because you've got to fix your, uh, put blankets over your flowers because there's a cold coming this, this couple of days. It's not because you're lazy. Not because you're just tired. Not because you just don't want to. But the reason why I always mention it and I always say it it's because faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God and the more of the hearing of preaching you have the more faith you got and the more faith you got is the more way of living for God and the way you live for God is more of the blessings of God I'm just saying this morning you can't lay out on Sunday night and on Wednesday night and on Sunday school friend and live the fullest Christian life you can walking and living for God Amen, Brother Larry. That's right. You're not some super duper Christian. No, sir. You ain't somebody who can just handle it. No. I don't need to read my Bible every day. I don't need to pray every day. I don't need to come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school. I don't need all that. Well, you're a bunch of full of pride. Uh-huh. That's right. Arrogancy. Spit in the face of God. Your pastor spending five or six hours to prepare a message, to preach to you, to give God a feeding in your soul so that you would grow and mature and become like Jesus and you just look me in the face and say no. Don't care about you. Don't care about the word. I don't care about what God says. I'm going to do it my way and I'm going to live it my way. And friends, whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. Just shut up about it. Amen, Brother Larry. I mean, you said it right right there. 
I'm just saying this morning, if you're going to get this uncovering, it's going to come through the preaching of God's Word. Amen. 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 And the less preaching you get, the more uncovering you have. (laughs) You say, why do some people know more more, more than others? Because they've been under the preaching of God's Word. That's why. Can I say that the Father is uncovering by the hearing of the Word of God, but the Father is uncovering by the trusting in the Son of Man, the Son of God. As you come under the preaching of God's Word, and God's Word begins to move and begins to teach and guide within your life, and then Jesus Christ that's within the Word of God is being manifested and exalted and lifted up. And as He's lifting up, He'll draw all men unto Himself. And by trusting in the Son of Man this morning, you'll find the unveiling of the Father. Oh, He'll show you things. He'll give you things. Thirdly today, not only is it the hearing of the Word of God and the trusting in the Son of Man, but the born again by the Spirit of God. Friend, that's how you get revealed to you. The Spirit of God, the Son of God, the Word of God is all involved. While you're sitting there watching, you know what? I wish this morning that every single phone, cell phone, that when you get home, it would go out. I wish it, I mean, I'm going to start praying for that. That every phone, cell phone, that when we get home off of work, or we get out of work, that it will stop. It would just break. Then at 6 o'clock in the morning, come back on. We have become addicted. We have found ourselves unconsciously. Uh-huh. I mean, we don't have to think about it. I mean, sometimes I brush my teeth. I don't even know I brush my teeth. <laughs> you, ever went to a, you ever went to a red light and don't know if you even stopped at it or not? Right. Yeah. Am I just like that or do you all do? Uh-huh. Y'all too? Yeah. You ever wonder if you walked out, did I turn off the gas, did I turn off the light, right. did I turn off the stove, did I turn off the toaster, whatever? <laughs> And you're just kind of crazy with that. Because in our lives, we're just moving and grooving and shaking and baking. Uh-huh. Right? That's you, says Sarah, shaking and baking. <laughs> and, so, and so we're just moving along, right? Moving along, moving along. And we pick up our phone just like it's... Just like it's, it's just what we ought to be doing. Why? You say, brother, now you're preaching against phones. Yeah, I'm preaching against cell phones. And the reason I'm preaching against cell phones is because cell phones is eating your brain cells. Yes. I mean, you've got husbands at home, you've got wives at home, you've got children at home, you've got work to do at home, you've got a lot of things going at home, and you're sitting there in your chair, on your bed, in your couch, and you're looking at the stupid phone that gives us nothing. It's, I mean, a man, a man or a woman who don't have any brain capacity can look at the phone like you do. Yes. You don't gain any intellect. You don't gain any wisdom. You don't gain any knowledge. Uh, You don't get right with God. Uh, You don't get closer to God. Uh, You don't become like Jesus looking at your phone. That's right. And yet our phone Mm -hmm. is eating up our days and our hours Uh and our minutes and our seconds. While we could be more like Jesus and learning more of Him and God revealing and breaking open the cover, we're sitting here looking at the devil's tool. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen, Brother Larry. I wonder how better your marriage would be, how better your parenting would be. I mean, how better your cooking would be. You get off that stupid, devilish wicked cell phone now I got a cell phone that sucker rings all day long somebody wants something from me he even rides, runs in the evening and all that kind of junk and I find myself sometimes just sitting there and because somehow somehow we find ourselves we don't like idle time right we don't like it quiet 
Turn the radio on. Turn the phone on. Somebody do something. I don't like it. I mean, I'm out here, God. I mean, listen, I might have to think about Jesus for a minute. I've got to get something in my, involved in my mind so I can get it moving around. We can't find ourselves in quiet time. We can't find ourselves just sitting there and thinking about our day and thinking about what we're about to do and thinking about our families and thinking about our church and thinking about what we need to do and how we need to. No, we've got to be preoccupied Mm -hmm. with the devil's world, Mm -hmm. with the devil's thoughts and presentations, with the devil's people, with the devil's wisdom, with the devil's philosophy. What's wrong with us tonight or today? How do we continue to get suckered in on that? How do we continue to become addicted to the phone? It used to be the TV. And then after the TV was the internet or the computer at home. And now that we got the phone, we got the TV and the internet right here at our disposal. Oh God, at six o'clock, would you put it out of service? I mean, break that sucker. Maybe we might sit at the table and enjoy each other for a minute. Maybe we could have a real conversation about our lives. Maybe our minds won't be taken away from the things of God and looking to God that we might get some things uncovered. All of us today have in our lives people that need to be saved. We don't have time to pray for them because we're too busy on our phones. All of us have difficulties in marriages. We don't have time to pray for those and to handle that because we're on our phones. Many of us today need to make some goals. Every one of us today in this room ought to have a goal for 2024. Without a vision, people perish. What's your goal? If I can just get through tomorrow. What's wrong with us? Well, because our goal, it's a night. We're right after the service here. Uh, some of y'all are going to do it because you're just defiant, disobedient, and you're just rebellious. You, as soon as you get out of here, you're going to get your phone and get on it and say, Hi, Brother Larry. <laughs> I would say, I would challenge you today for the love of God and for Christ's sake that you don't pick up your phones all day today. How about that? You take the challenge? Raise your hand if you take the challenge. Raise your hand. Keep it up. I'm not going to get on the phone all day. Raise your hand if you're going to do it. You mean to tell me you're not going to do it? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I'm not going to get on the phone all day. I'm going to let God do something in my heart. Raise your hand. All right. All right, you put it down. I thank you for those who are honest. I'm talking about ones who didn't raise your hand. <laughs> Let me say this here, then I'll close. I, I, got, I got all this, Brother Keith. This truth tonight, or this morning, that Thou art the Christ, and the Son of the living God is the Son of Man. This truth cannot be known unless you have a relationship with God the Father. You'll not know Jesus, the Son of Man, as the Christ or the Son of the living God without a relationship with the Father. It won't happen. See, salvation's relationship with God. Without that relationship, You'll not have the understanding and clarity of the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Number two, this truth cannot be known unless you have a worship of the Son. When you have a worship of the Son, you'll find that that Son is the Christ and the Son of the living God. Thirdly, you'll not have this truth and you cannot, it cannot be known unless you have fellowship with the Spirit of God. So it's going to take the relationship with God the Father. It's going to take the worship of Jesus Christ the Son. And it's going to take the fellowship of the Spirit of God in order for you to have this truth 
Jesus will say to you this morning, who do you say that I am? I say to you this morning, I pray it's not what the world might say, the sinner, but what the saved might say. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. The saved answer of the Son of Man. The Father's convincing of the Son of Man. Only God can convince you of that, persuade you of that. Only God can bring that uncovering. Have you been uncovered this morning? Jesus, the Son of Man, is He the Christ and the Son of the living God? Come, church. Let's pray. Come, sinner. Let's get saved. It's time. It's time. It's time. The days are running out, church. Have you looked at the world lately? Have you looked at the condition of Christians today? Have you looked at your money, the inflation? Have you looked at the politics? Have you looked at the wars? Have you looked at the earthquake in Oklahoma? Have you looked at your grandchildren and children in the way the world has just deceived them? Have you looked at the workplace? Nothing's the same anymore. Things are changing. We got to come to a place I'm not going to change. You sing, Brother George. If you need to come, you come. Let's do business with the Father. Ask Him to reveal, uncover about Jesus. Come, sinner friend. Would you please come? You might even come this morning and say, Lord, I didn't recognize that my phone issue is a bad issue. and It's removing me from your time and from time with you. I'm sorry. I lay it down at this altar. I lay it down. I give you more time than I do the phone. I'll give you more time than the phone. I'll do that, Lord. For the sake of my family, for the sake of my marriage, for the sake of my church, for the sake of my walk. God, heal me. Help the church in 2024. All caught up in social media. All caught up in all these venues and genres, robbing us from our joy, keeping us back from the peace and the unity of the home. God, please, today, I beg you with all my heart, Lord, help me to be faithful so that you can uncover the things that I need to be uncovered. Please. Yes, amen. That's right. Let's be dismissed tonight, or this morning. I appreciate you, dear church. May the Lord bless you. May God get honored today in our lives. Brother, Brother Keith, will you dismiss us, our brother?